Today we will focus on the world's final war, the Battle of Armageddon. The magnitude of its catastrophes will be greater than anyone could imagine. And there is so much speculation about this war right now. People are intrigued. This battle starts at the sixth vial, and we will discuss it from several prophets' viewpoint on this edition of End of the Age. The Battle of Armageddon, it's immediately preceded by the drying up of the Euphrates River. Revelation 16, 12 tells us about the sixth angel pouring out his vial. It says, and the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. The Euphrates is to the Middle East what the Mississippi River is to the United States of America. It is the main source of water in that part of the world. Yet this prophecy explicitly states that the Euphrates will be dried up to make way for the kings of the east to invade Israel at the time of the Battle of Armageddon. Back on January 13, 1990, the Indianapolis Star carried a very revealing headline. It said, Turkey will cut off the flow of the Euphrates for one month. Imagine, folks, cutting off the Mississippi River, the flow of the Mississippi River for one month. The Ataturk Dam, located in southern Turkey, ensures total control of the water resources of much of the Middle East by cutting off the flow of the Euphrates River. This will be a a help to the invading armies because of Israel's superior air force. And, you know, building bridges across the Euphrates River in order to move military equipment would be very difficult. However, if the river is dried up, anything can be moved across it. And until recently, you understand, Turkey really formed a friendship with Israel. And at one point, Turkey was allowed, uh, allowing Israel to conduct air maneuvers over her land, and Turkey was able to do the same. However, according to Debka file, on, back on October of last year, 2020, Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan declared, Jerusalem is ours. Jerusalem is from us. In this city that we had to leave in tears during the First World War, it is still possible to come across traces of the Ottoman resistance and occupied by the Ottoman Empire from 1516, Jerusalem was captured by the British Army in 1917 and held under the League of Nations mandate until it was proclaimed the capital of the new Jewish state in 1948. 
So in ignoring the Jews' historic claim to the holy city, Jerusalem, the leader of Turkey, Erdogan, charged that the Palestinians are now occupied despite living in, the, in uh, Jerusalem for thousands of years. So the dynamics have certainly changed between Israel and Turkey, right? And you can see that in the news every day. So eventually, Ezekiel 38, which is discussing the Battle of Armageddon, it foretells Turkey will participate in the invasion of Israel with these armies and will enable the invading forces to cross the Euphrates River for their attack at the Battle of Armageddon. Now, this brings us to the sixth vial. Revelation 16, 13 through 14 continues to tell us what happens when the sixth vial is poured out upon the earth. And it says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast or the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, his religious partner throughout the end time. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. In Revelation 13, we read of the seven-headed, ten-horned beast, the, the, the world-governing uh, entity and, and the leader, the Antichrist. And the lamb who speaks like a dragon, and the dragon who the Bible says is the devil and Satan. Well, unclean spirits will come out of the three powers that the Bible says are the spirits of devils working miracles. And this will be the most deceptive time in the history of the world. And the only safeguard we have is to know your Bible. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 24, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So it is of utmost importance that you understand the word of God, that you understand the prophecies, because you do not want to be deceived by these false religious individuals and false news sources and different things in the end time, the Antichrist, the the false prophet, they will be very deceptive individuals speaking deceptive messages that are brought on by Satan himself. So you've got to know the word of God. The word of God exposes all of this. And so it gives us an element of peace throughout these times to know, no, I can't be a part of that because it does not align up with the word of God. And wow, am I thankful for the word of God today. So then we come to the last minute warning in Revelation chapter 16. If you get all the way down past the sixth vial where the great river of the Euphrates just dried up, Revelation 16, 15, it contains the following warning. And it says, behold, I come as a thief. Now the Lord coming as a thief in the future only happens one time. But this verse says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So just after the Euphrates is dried up, and before the battle of Armageddon begins, 
God issues this final warning to the inhabitants of the earth. And it appears from this scripture that the rapture, which is when the Lord comes as a thief, the rapture of the church occurs just before the battle of Armageddon, right? Read Revelation chapter 16. And that this is the last minute warning from Almighty God. Man, there's so much going on right now and so much speculation about the battle of Armageddon. And so I'm so thankful that the Bible reveals all of this to us. Thankful for the prophecies, thankful for the Word of God. Because without that, folks, we would be walking around in a complete fog. So I'm very thankful for that today. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is, there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800 Endtime. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800 Endtime. Welcome back, everybody. I've I've got a quick announcement before we move on through the lesson. This weekend, South Bend, Indiana. Everybody's been waiting for it. Yes, we will be there this weekend. Ironwood UPC of South Bend, 4609 South Ironwood Road, South Bend, Indiana. Saturday, October 2nd, I'll be there at 7 p.m., And I'll be doing the big timeline, the future according to Bible prophecy. I know many of you have called me saying, when are you coming to South Bend? It's this weekend. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll be doing breaking prophetic fulfillments. And we will have somewhat of an evangelistic service towards the end. It's going to be awesome. And so I look forward to seeing everyone in South Bend, Indiana this coming weekend. God bless you all and be safe on your travels. Okay, the battle of Armageddon. After the final warning, Revelation 16, 16 says, 
and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. The plain of Megiddo is in northern Israel, in a valley seven miles wide, 15 miles long, and it's as flat as this desktop. Most of the famous battles of Israel have occurred in the plain of Megiddo. Uh, Gideon and the Midianites, that all, all that took place up there. So that's only one of them. Th- this is also known as the Valley of Jezreel in northern Israel near the Syrian border. It- it's, a, it's a natural pass uh, near Haifa located on an inlet of the Mediterranean Sea. And it is a major port and industrial center. And an enemy could land ships, invade from that direction, and simultaneously come down from Syria. Remember the Ataturk Dam that could dry up the Euphrates. It's about 40 miles above the Syrian border. So were Russia to come down for the invasion, she would come down between two seas, right? The Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, about 40 miles below the Ataturk Dam. Now, that would make the cutting off of the Euphrates River all that much more effective by facilitating a Russian invasion. And Turkey and Russia will be working together during this time. That's in Ezekiel 38. I'll get to that in just a moment. So, the kings of the east. Who are the kings of the east? Well, let's go through... Ezekiel 38, verses 1 through 6. It tells us about the battle of Armageddon. And it says this. Ezekiel said, And the word of the Lord came to me, and saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog and the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back, and I will put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with a, all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. And it says this, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya, with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togomar of the northern of the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with thee. So we need to analyze all of those that are named here, right? They will come down against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. And you can see the stage being set for this now. Turkey, Israel, no longer allies. Turkey, you've, you've heard over the past, what, year or two of the Turkey-Iran-Russia alliance. Look it up. So these nations will come down at the Battle of Armageddon. Note that almost all of them are located east of the nation of Israel. Now, we'll begin with Meshach. Meshech is the root word for Moscow. Furthermore, Meshech is a Russian city. The name was recently changed to Meshovsk. 
And this information can be found in the Testaments of the Grand Princes of Moscow, page 279. Next is Tubal. The Tubal River lies east of the Oral Mountains in Russia. Tubolsk is a Russian city of 47,000 located on the Tubal River. These are all areas located in what we now refer to as Russia. If you look on um, ancient maps, Gomer is in the area that is now Poland. Today there is a city in Russia very near the border of Poland that is called Gamel. It's the same city. Persia is modern day Iran. Its name was changed within the last century. Ethiopia and Libya, of course, they are known by these names today. Togomar on ancient maps is the area that is now known as Turkey. And that is how we know that Turkey will be involved in the invasion of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Is it a coincidence, do you think, that Turkey, one of the nations mentioned here, that will aid in the invasion of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon, and that the drying up of the Euphrates River will happen just prior to this, that Turkey has the ability to dry up that river? Can you see the stage being set for the eventual battle of Armageddon? Many people are intrigued by this right now, and that's why I wanted to talk about it today, maybe to clear up some misconceptions that you have about the battle of Armageddon. And uh, we've talked about it many times, the Six Trumpet War, Battle of Armageddon, two separate wars. But I wanted to focus today just on the Battle of Armageddon from three different prophet, prophets' perspective. Ezekiel, Zechariah, and John in the book of Revelation. So, the battle itself. Now, is um, Ezekiel 38, is that referring to the Battle of Armageddon? That's a question, right? Ezekiel 38 Verses 7 through 8 says this. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou, and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of my people against the mountains of Israel, which have always been waste, and But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. So we have a timeline that tells us that this will, be, this will happen in the latter days. This is not a war that happened 2,500 years ago. It's going to happen in the latter days. God plainly says these nations will come against Israel, and the Jewish people who have been scattered around the world For nearly 2,000 years, however, they have been brought out of the nations and back to the nation of Israel. Have you seen that come to pass? Absolutely. Back in May 14th, 1948, uh, Israel declared independence and Jews started coming from all over the world. Currently, End Time Ministries helps Jews make Aliyah back to Israel. It's still happening, folks. Well, then Ezekiel 38, 16 says, And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel, against them, 
as a cloud to cover the land, and it shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in the old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that would bring thee against them? So Russia is going to think invading Israel is her idea. And, you know, we believe that a U.N. peacekeeping force will come down against Israel at Armageddon. And, you know, it's very likely Russia may lead that army against Israel. The situation will look bleak for Israel. But the people that know their God will trust him for he is in control. Jesus prophesied in Luke chapter 21, verse 31. He says, so likewise... When you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. This prophecy in Ezekiel 38 culminates with an account of the pouring out of the vials. And you can see how these Old Testament prophecies and the book of Revelation, they correlate so much together. If you look at um, Ezekiel 38 verses 18 down through 22, Ezekiel said, And it shall come to pass... At the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. God is just vehement. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in the day there shall be a great shakening, shaking in the land of Israel. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of heaven and the beast of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. And I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. So, wow, I don't want to be a part of that, do you? Folks, this is the wrath of Almighty God. It says there will be a great earthquake, mountains thrown down, steep places are going to fall, and every wall shall fall down. The sixth seal, the seventh trumpet, and the seventh vial speak of a great earthquake because those are the same occurrences. And furthermore, in Revelation eleven thirteen. After the rapture of the two witnesses, it says, And the same hour was there a great earthquake. And the tenth part of this city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to God. So this earthquake that will hit Jerusalem, and it's going to kill seven thousand. It's the exact same event. 
Jesus mentioned it in Matthew 24, 29. He said, immediately after. Now, remember, if we're on a timeline here, we're right here at the end of the Great Tribulation. We're talking about the Battle of Armageddon. In, Jesus said, Matthew 24, uh, 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. The vials of Revelation 16 are almost exact duplicates of the plagues that God used against Egypt to deliver the children of Israel. And I've actually got a new DVD out, The Seven Vials, which explains all of that in great detail. If you'd like to pick up a copy of that, phone number 1-800-363-8463. Or you can go to endtime.com. So, he's getting ready to deliver Israel again, is what's happening here. God's wrath is being poured out. Now, some people believe that these plagues will be worldwide. However, Ezekiel says that the pestilence, blood, and great hailstones will come against Gog. This is very, very important because a lot of people just scared out of their mind over the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon will not be worldwide. The Battle of Armageddon is going to be localized right there in Israel. God will pour out His wrath upon the nations that come down against Israel to battle. Now, the Sixth Trumpet War, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, yes, that will emanate out of the Euphrates River region and spread out around the world, but the Battle of Armageddon will be localized right there in Israel. And they will, these, um, they will become His tools against the invading armies. These vials will become the tools against the invading armies of the United Nations, led very likely by Russia. Then Ezekiel uh, 38, 23 says, Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. The Bible says in the end, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, that he is Lord, right? So no matter what anybody believes, that the, uh, socialism, communism, capitalism, Catholicism, regardless, I mean, it doesn't, all those are the major belief systems prophesied for the end time, or a, a, an atheist or whatever, there's going to come a time when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And wow, can I wait till that time? Man, I'm going to be with the Lord very soon, and I know that you are as well, and we're looking forward to that time. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for joining me on this segment, and I look forward to continuing this segment next time on End of the Age. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You know, everyone, we're talking about the end time here and the Battle of Armageddon and just just the entire end time scenario. We, we've never lived in a more confused generation than now. I mean, people who have been raised supposedly Christian, they're studying the Muslim faith and some are becoming Buddhist and Hindus. And this is happening because they have never really known true Christianity. And they become susceptible to false doctrines. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ comes back, there shall be one Lord and His name one. They shall know that He is the Lord and He will be magnified in their sight. Ezekiel 39, 1-2 says, Therefore thou son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee and will cause thee to come up from the north parts and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. This is the battle of Armageddon, folks. The prophecy says that when God is finished with it, five-sixths of Russia will be destroyed. Now, This may refer to the entire nation of Russia or just to the armies that have invaded Israel. The scripture is not clear on that point. The next two verses teach us that the weapons of war scattered across the nation of Israel will be so prominent that the people of Israel will not have to collect firewood for seven years. Now, this this is Ezekiel 39, 9-10, and it says, And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers and the bows and the arrows and the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years, so that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down um, any out of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire and they shall spoil those that spoiled them and rob those that rob them, saith the Lord. So it's obvious that when Ezekiel recorded this prophecy, he wrote it in terms that were familiar to him. In other words, he didn't say tanks and airplanes and uh, Humvees. 
He was talking about things, you know, well over 2,000 years ago, right? And when he wrote about the weapons, he named weapons that were known in his day. The Bible also says that there will also be many dead, that it will take, uh, it'll be so many dead that it's going to take seven months to bury them. Ezekiel 39, 11 says, and it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a, a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers. And there they shall bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Hamangog. Finally, in Ezekiel 39, verses 17 through 20, it gives the most conclusive proof to show that this is the battle of Armageddon. It says, And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, Speak unto every feathered fowl and to the, the, every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you. Now this is right here at the battle of Armageddon. Even a, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel that you may eat flesh and drink blood. It's going to be a horribly gory sight. Ye shall eat of the flesh of the mighty and drink of the blood of the princes of the earth and of rams, of lambs and goats and bullocks and all of them fatlings of Bashan. And ye shall eat fat till ye be full and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice that I have sacrificed for you. What's a sacrifice? The battle of Armageddon, the armies that came against Israel to battle. Thus ye shall, shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots and mighty men and with all the men of war, saith the Lord God. Now, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 19, verse 17 through 20, when it speaks of the supper of our great God, you, you're going to see another, we'll go through it another time in future lessons, but you'll see that it's referring to the exact same battle. It's the great supper of our God. So the truth is the invasion of Israel by Russia will be the battle of Armageddon and the other nations um, mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Finally, in Ezekiel 39, 22, the scriptures say, So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. So you've got to be on the right side of all of this, folks. Make sure you've been born again. Make sure you've made your calling and election sure. Because the Bible says there's only one place of safety. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Know the Bible. Have a relationship with the Lord, a daily prayer life. Make sure that you've made your calling and election sure as we go throughout these end times. Now, does Israel believe in God currently? Well, the nation of Israel is largely secular. And it's been estimated that a, a, a majority percentage of the people that live in Israel today do not believe in God. Religiously, Israel is a very divided nation. There are some very strict conservative and devout people called Hasidim. However, the majority of Israel is secular. Most of the government of Israel has been secular as well. Um, Israel went into captivity because of their iniquity. And 
it's something we need to discuss here. Ezekiel 39, um, 23 says, And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into their captivity, captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore, I hid my face from them and gave them into the land of their enemies. So the reason Israel was scattered from her homeland for 2,000 years, almost 2,000 years, was because of their iniquity. When their Messiah came to them, they rejected him. Jesus Christ did claim to be the Messiah. And... So they rejected him and they were made to wander through the nations because of that rejection and their iniquity. And at this point, think of it, the whole world will understand God's plan. The Bible teaches that the whole world will understand the plan of God throughout the ages and that the reason the nation of Israel has undergone such trials is their disobedience. Jeremiah 23, 8 says, But the Lord liveth, who brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries, whether I have driven them and they shall dwell in their land. Although we have been, uh, we have seen a, a, an incredible miracle, the rebirth of the nation of Israel, the whole world is against her. Zechariah 14, 2 says, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. It's going to be a, a United Nations force. The Bible continues to, to say, or, and you can recognize it. Just think, let me interject something. The international community, look at the, how they are totally biased against Israel right now. United Nations, totally anti-Israel. So the Bible continues in Ezekiel 39, 24. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, have I done unto them and hid my face from them. An evil deed, you know everybody, an evil deed may not be judged quickly, nor its sentence executed quickly, but that does not mean that its time will not come. The Bible says the, the, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A lot of people don't fear the Lord anymore. But I'm telling you, what he says in the Bible is going to happen. And so we've got to align our lives up with Scripture. It's the only way we're going to make it out of here, right? So then God's mercy is poured out on, Israel, on all of Israel. And in Ezekiel, finally, Ezekiel 39, uh, 25 through 29, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. After that, they have borne their shame and all their trespasses, whereby they have trespassed against me. When they shall dwell safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people, and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and am sanctified in them, and in the sight of many nations, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen, but I have gathered them into their own land, and have left none of them any more there. Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. Do you realize that this has happened already in part? Although not all have returned to the promised land, 
When that finally happens, God will pour out his spirit upon the house of Israel. Now, I've spent a lot of time in Ezekiel. Let's look at Zechariah's view of Armageddon. The book of Zechariah is stunning in what it has to say about the time surrounding the battle of Armageddon. Zechariah 12, uh, Zechariah chapter 12, 13, and 14 is concerning the battle of Armageddon. So Zechariah 12, verses 2 through 3, it says, Behold, I will make uh, Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut into pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. So it does not matter if every nation in the world comes against Jerusalem. Those nations will be destroyed. It will look overwhelming, obviously, when when all the nations of the earth participate in the UN peacekeeping force that come down against Israel. But God has said that he will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling to them and everyone that burdens himself with Jerusalem. Then in Zechariah 12, verses 8 through 9, it says, In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Israel, and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So you got to make sure you're on the right side in the end time, folks. In Zechariah 12.10, it gets better even. It says, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And then Zechariah 13, 6 says, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in your hands? And he's going to answer, These are those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. And that's when they will understand who Jesus is. They will recognize him as the Messiah, and he will have mercy on them. And that brings us to kind of like the culmination of Armageddon. And we see the culmination of these events in Zechariah 14, 1 through 2. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. And so it's, it's something that we're talking about right here at the culmination of the battle of Armageddon. And I'll get more into this verse on the other side of the break. But I'll probably want to quote this verse again because I want to make sure that you're not, that we don't divide it here. So I'll go up to the top of this verse and we'll quote it again on the other side of the break. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So really the culmination of Armageddon, Zechariah 14, 1 through 2. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half of the city of Jerusalem shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. So either the United States will not use its veto power and will allow a resolution like the UN Security Council Resolution 2334 to allow for the invasion of Israel to be passed and allow the forces to invade and capture the land that the Jews captured in the 1967 war. And apparently that is what happens because it says that half of the city shall go forth into captivity. And you know, there is a hill near the Mount of Olives that's called the Hill of Evil Council. And that is, and ironically, that's where the location of the United Nations headquarters is in Israel. The UN has a very strong presence in Israel and ultimately it will bring down the force of the world governing armies against her. And that world government force will be very similar to the force that went against uh, Saddam Hussein. Think about it. The United States and 28 member nations contributed to that fight. Remember the Iraq, remember uh, when we invaded with uh, Saddam Hussein and that conflict? At that time, President George Bush Sr. declared that the Iraq crisis is the first test of the new world order. Jerusalem will be its last test, folks. Only this time, the army will not be dominated by the United States of America, but it's going to be dominated by Russia. Then Zechariah 14, 3 through 4 says, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. His feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof towards the east and towards the west. And there shall be a great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove towards the north and half towards the south. So when Jesus comes uh, down and puts his feet on the Mount of Olives, that mountain's going to split. The same earthquake will shake the, the, the Temple Mount. And, it, you know, it may destroy the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock at the same time. And so, wow, I mean, this, it, I want to make sure that I'm with the Lord coming back in, as the armies of the Lord to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. That's Revelation 19. You want to make sure you're on the Lord's side at this point, folks. So, nuclear weapons, we got to talk about that. That's, nuclear weapons are going to be used at the Battle of Armageddon. Zechariah 14, 12 teaches us that there will be nuclear weapons at Armageddon. It says, and this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand on their feet. 
Their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. According to many accounts of the, um, I, I, well, I'm going to say probably all accounts of what happened to the people of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, the, the, the flesh fell from people's bodies. Their eyes were consumed in their sockets or they dropped out of their sockets. That There will be a plague against everyone that invades Jerusalem. Why is this going to happen? Well, Israel has nuclear installations that are located in southern Israel in the Negev Desert. Although people deny that Israel has nuclear-generated electricity, Jane's intelligence report stated back in, uh, this was in 95, that satellites had found about 200 nuclear installations ringing the area of Jerusalem in the area of Judea. Israel has stated that she will never use nuclear weapons offensively, but she has reserved the right to use them defensively. There's great pressure throughout the world for Israel to sign the Nuclear Proliferation Treaty, but she has refused. And it, this is known as their uh, Israel's Samson option, Israel's nuclear deterrent. So that's Ezekiel and Zechariah's view of Armageddon. What about John's view of Armageddon? Well, Revelation 19, verse 11 through 21. It's the last picture of Armageddon that we're going to look at. And it says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as the flaming fire, and on his head were names of uh, were, were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses. That's going to be me, folks. That's going to be you. If you're a born again individual, you've made your calling and election sure. We will come back to fight with the Lord on behalf of Israel. The Bible says he comes back with ten thousands of his saints, right? And we will be clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. This is the wrath of God, folks. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And John said, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls. Now here it is. Remember in uh, Ezekiel chapter 39, the supper of our God, where he called the fowls and the beast to come and, and uh, feast on the armies. Well, this is another account of the same thing. The angel was standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. It's the same thing in Ezekiel 39. Which lets us, that's one of the reasons we know that that's the battle of Armageddon, besides all the other proof. That, and it goes on to say that they may eat of the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all the men, both free and bond, small and great. And I saw the beast, the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him 
that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast, the Antichrist was... So at this point, folks, the Lord is just done. He's had it with human government, human armies. He's had it with the Antichrist, the false prophet. He's done with all that. He's coming back to tear all that down. Uh, Revelation chapter 11 says that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. He's going to remove human government and establish his government here on the earth. And he's taking care of business. The Bible says, and the beast, the Antichrist was taken. And with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. The Antichrist and the false prophet, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse. Which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were <coughs> filled with their flesh. Now I tell you where I want to be. I want to be in the army of the Lord, coming back with him to fight on behalf of Israel against those armies that come down against Israel to battle. I do not want to be here on the earth. I want to be coming back with the Lord. That is of utmost importance to every person listening to me in this edition. And it's not going to be a pretty sight when the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire. Think about that. They will be destroyed by Jesus Christ at Armageddon. And then the seventh vial. Finally, the, the, the seventh uh, angel pours out his vial upon, uh, his, it's in uh, what, Revelation 16, 17 through 21. It says, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there was a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it's done. The Lord's just done with it. And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and there was a great earthquake. There it is again. Such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided in three parts, and the city of the nations fell, and... A great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, about a hundred, 120 pounds. Think about that, a hailstone. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So, there you have it, folks. The battle of Armageddon from three men's perspectives. Ezekiel, Zechariah, and John in the book of Revelation. Now, I know there's a lot more that we could talk about as far as the battle of Armageddon. But I wanted to clear up a few misconceptions that have been kind of floating around lately to make sure that you understand, number one, the Sixth Trumpet War, the Battle of Armageddon, two different wars. Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the Battle of Armageddon. Zechariah chapter 12, 13, and 14, that's the Battle of Armageddon. Revelation chapter 16 and 19 both mention the Battle of Armageddon. In Revelation 14, the great winepress of the wrath of God, that's the Battle of Armageddon. And the sixth seal, the seventh trumpet, they both mention the wrath of God, the battle of Armageddon. 
And so it's very important that we understand these things. And right here at the end of the program, let me make sure that I tell you that how you can escape this stuff. Because you don't want to be here and be part of the armies that God is coming against. You say, well, I don't live in Russia. I don't live in, uh, you know, in Turkey or this, that, you know, some of you listening to me may. If you're listening to me in that part of the world, I would never participate in the armies that come down against Israel to battle. Once you know the prophecies about the battle of Armageddon, number one, I should, let's make that number two. Number one, how can you escape it altogether? Be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. If you're born again, you make it in the rapture, you'll be one of the ones that will be coming back with the Lord to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. Make sure you're born again. So for a complete, I'm not going to have time in this session, but for a complete explanation of the born again experience, go to www.endtime.com forward slash reborn. Or call 1-800-363-8463 for a free brochure. What do you mean born again? Because the only way for an individual under the sound of my voice to make it to heaven is to be born again. There are not two or three or four ways. There's only one way. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one plan of salvation. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And Jesus Christ and the born-again plan of salvation is our only ticket out of here, folks. So if you want to be on the right side of this, make sure you're born again. Make your calling and election sure. Because when the Lord comes back, you want to be on the right side of this. You don't want to face the wrath of God. The Bible says we're not appointed unto the wrath of God. How do you keep from being feeling His wrath when He comes back? Make sure that you're with him when he comes back. How do you do that? Be born again. Make the rapture. Make sure you're ready to go at a moment's notice. God bless each and every one of you. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.